THN is brought to you by Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and by listeners like you. Go to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click Donate, or visit Patreon.com backslash TwoHeadedNerd to become a supporter. Ha-cha! Our story this week picks up where we left off last week. Broadcasting from the Ziggurat of Omaha, deep below the metro area, it is our pleasure to welcome you to episode 516 of the Two-Headed Nerd Comic Book Podcast, nerds. My name is Matt Baum. I'm all hepped up on CBDs. You just got done telling me that it doesn't get you all hepped up. Yeah, because I want you to take them. Well, does it or doesn't it? <laughs> no, it does not. It's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the internet's Joe Patrick, and I don't know nothing about drugs. In this week's episode, we're reviewing eight of this Wednesday's new comics with spotlight reviews on Star Trek The Q Conflict number one and Eerd number one. Then it's down to the teach in Sanctum Sanctorum, where drugs and black magic will help us choose our must-read picks for next Wednesday. And finally, if you haven't read it yet, we got you covered in our event recap special... THN TLDR The Infinity Wars Edition. But before we start clapping universes together, Joey. Actually, they just kind of fold them in half. Didn't they? Really yeah, kind of like origami. Yeah, we'll get there later. Like we better of, talk about this week, nerd. No. Like one of those paper footballs you made in middle school. Yeah, all right. <laughs> DC internally announced a number of organizational changes. Get ready. Get ready for some exciting Holy news. Holy shit. DC internally announced a number of organizational changes Wednesday to employees in their Burbank offices, impacting the way the WB division operates and is intended to, quote, strengthen and evolve the division for future success. Does this mean they're cleaning house? The changes are part of DC's efforts to refocus their commitment to publishing. What does that mean? Like they got lost in that? They stopped making comics for a while? They stopped making comics, yeah. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed, but there haven't been any DC comics no the shit? for God, like, I didn't even notice. Like since since Batman versus Superman came what? out. <laughs> really? Yeah, nothing. Uh, here's a quote from something. DC is going back to its roots of delivering epic stories with our world-class characters, stories, and brands. I hate it when they fucking refer to them yeah. as brands. That's a new thing. That's what they want to do. No, I get it. They I like- think they mean it in the sense that like these are IP characters. These are things that serve IPs, and that's it. Oh, I see what you Yeah, saying. no, yeah. this isn't like... Vertigo and no. Young Animal. We're talking about the Green and, Arrow brand. Right, yeah, and the yeah, Superman yeah, right, brand. exactly. Like, I know, I understand I'm an adult in the world that right. we live in a capitalist society. I get it. I understand that but they're the, brands, we're but also, don't this is call also, them brands. This is how they have to do this in business memos. Sure. They're, yeah, and they're this is the this memo is that in, DC sent to their employees. Yeah, this is not for us. This is for the business people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here, the quote goes on, being a premier house of storytelling will never go out of style and yada, we intend yada, to ultimately super serve our existing fans while providing new compelling content that engages in insights, blah, 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 Great. Bloop. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, Who's getting canned? Who's getting canned? A, a small number of positions were impacted, including Jim Lee, Senior Vice President Jeff of Sales, Johns. Trade Marketing, <laughs> John Cunningham, who has been with the publisher for over 13 years, Oh shit. Eddie Scannell, who was the VP of Consumer Marketing, who had been there for three years, and... This is the big one. Longtime senior VP art director Mark Chiarello. Oh, fuck. Who had been on staff at DC since 1993. Damn. Chiarello was instrumental in the production of many high profile projects over the years, including Batman Black and White, Hush, The New Frontier, and Wednesday Comics. Uh, and the internet, comics internet is not 
happy about that. So they had Chiarello pack up all the stuff in a little white box, and security escorted him out of out <laughs> yes, to yeah. the edge of Burbank. And your told him, work day is don't, over. Don't come back to Hollywood, all kid. Right. Yeah, yeah, you've <laughs> you've lost your LA privileges. Very Marcellus Wallace style. Uh, yeah, if he if he if somebody finds him in Indochina, he's well, okay, gonna so pop out of a bullet. What was the problem? I mean, like looking. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Thanks. I just want looking at a memo like this. It's obviously they think that there's something with marketing that's not working, not well, the storytelling. This, this is what I don't understand. I like they want to rededicate themselves to the publishing. What okay, does that mean? it means that they were half-assing it. Okay. I don't know, right? But okay, so. You let Mark Chiarello go, who is a beloved figure at DC, yeah. who has had a hand in developing a number of very good high-profile projects. Everybody likes that dude, too. He's t- he touches, like, his eye was on every single piece of art and cover that went through DC. Right. What, and, so what was he doing wrong? Yeah, right. And yet they let Dan DiDio and Jim Lee keep their positions as co-publishers, and Bob Harris will continue as Senior Vice President and Editor-in-Chief. I mean, look, I don't. We all know that I have a storied history with Dan DiDio, and Dan DiDio is sticking his nose in shit. Now, since Dan has dialed his presence back, I, I think don't think he has. Well, in the public, we'll say that. Okay. We're not seeing Dan DiDio issuing all these stupid like memos anymore and coming out and announcing shit and forcing himself on books that nobody wants to read and shit. So, this is what I'm seeing at DC. Jeff Johns stepped down as chief creative officer, and all of a sudden, we're getting like. Dark this, dark that. Wally's dead. Somebody gets smashed in the head with a Kinda, hammer. Yeah. Heroes dropping dead left and right. Uh, yeah, and like, well, and that he, is the deal. That's the deal. That is the deal. On the other side, we have Brian Michael Bendis launching all these like joyful young adult comics. Sure. Yes. Yes, that's true. Brought the magic back to Superman. Yes, and but I mean, I don't know how much like Bendis is Bendis, and I don't know how much Bendis can just get away with because of who he is. Versus how much is like that's true because that's the other thing to Dio loves like hey you're famous baby just do your thing you right know? yeah so I I don't know what these shakeups mean I don't understand why you would let somebody like Mark Chiarello go shake them ups let's refer to shake them ups shake them ups yeah sorry yeah. Uh, I and like if you really wanted to shake things up if if there needed to be a, a changing of the guard or some sort of like creative reset or whatever yeah. you need new leadership at DC yes. Like, I don't want anybody, I'm not, like, gunning for anybody to get fired, but... But firing the guy that was just doing his job, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I don't think he was doing a bad job. What was he doing wrong? No, no, Yeah, exactly right. That's the question. Why would you need to let go... What was Chirillo doing wrong? Why would you need to let go that's been there almost 30 years? If it comes out tomorrow that he punched Didio in the face in the office or something, or he made, like, (laughs) he doesn't think the Holocaust happened, I get it. Yeah, he's a flat earther. (laughs) Yeah, something like that, I get it. But so far, nice guy that was just doing his job, and the head guys who have been at issue for a long time are still in power. It's weird. Yeah, I just... To me, this just seems like... The corporate side is saying, you know what? We need to get it. Pass the blame. We need, well, sure. We don't even know that they were doing it because anybody was doing anything wrong. We just know that they they think that they needed a firmer hand. Yeah. And that just never seems like a good idea to me where the where the corporate side is like, you know what? I, we think we know what's best for these yeah. brands. We'll see. We'll see who they hire. That's I bet it's going to lead to some great storytelling. Speaking of Brian Michael Bendis... Leviathan! What? Writer Brian Michael Bendis has teased. Leviathan! Why are you shouting? I don't know. It just feels like it needs to be yelled. A new event comic he's writing with artist Alex May leave in his latest Jinx World newsletter inside this week's cover number five. 
Leviathan refers to a criminal organization of the same name introduced in Grant Morrison's multi-year Batman run. This is where they lose me. Culminating in Batman Incorporated, Bendis has incorporated Leviathan Leviathan! into his recent issues of Superman and action comics. Apparently, building towards an event Bendis calls monumental to the DC universe. Monumentous. It's going to be a real shake em up. Saying he and Maylieve have paused a creator own work to create the story. Okay, sorry. Why, did, why is that where they lost you? Sorry, because I thought since they announced it there, it was going to be a thing in his Jinx World books. But No, no, no. It's DC. That's DC just, yeah. Continuity. This is just where Brian Michael Bendis talks shit. He's got his newsletter in the back of all of yeah. his creator own And it's stuff. great. I love it. Mm-hmm. I read it every month. This, continuing the quote, this special event story lets Alex do everything he's ever wanted to at DC, which sounds kind of perverted, right? Yeah, it's like dicks (laughs) out everywhere. Bendis snuck a brief description of the event into the title page of a recent issue of Action Comics. Quote, starting in Action Comics 1007, it is revealed that something or someone is stealthily taking out all the secret organizations in the DC universe. First, the dangerous Cobra Cult, both K and K. Yeah. Then Intercept. I don't know no Intercept. I don't remember Intercept. No. Then the DEO, so on and so forth. No mention of Checkmate. No, I saw in other places I saw mentions of Checkmate. Okay, good. Does Checkmate, Checkmate still and... exist? Are they a thing? I suppose. We haven't seen them yet, though, right? In this newest DC edition. I don't remember the last time I saw Checkmate. No. Yeah. Spiral was there, but I don't Spiral, know. yeah. I don't know. Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen go undercover and discover who is behind this. It is the spy organization, Leviathan! That's the last thing we needed, is another spy organization. Well, I mean, it was already there. Okay. And good lord, they have somehow grown larger and more (laughs) powerful using all the myriad resources of the other organizations. It's like amoeba shit. They're absorbing each other. Yeah, mitosis. Taking on their powers. uh, 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 Osmosis. Osmosis. Mm, Osmosis Mitosis and meiosis is how they are born. Yeah. More powerful than even the Justice League or Superman can handle. Ah. But in this case, the unclear (laughs) will discover that Leviathan isn't solely an organization. It is a person. Oh, shit. Uh, Unclear is blurred, right? Yeah, uh, so... You know, you know how in the on the in the front of uh, action comics it always opens with like a shot yeah, yeah, of somebody's yeah. desk, right? And it's like, what's on the computer screen? What do right. the post-it notes say? Or like the person is visible, but their face is in a shadow or some shit, you know? No, no, it's always just the desk. It's never a person. Oh, oh, oh the, okay, I see. Yeah, it's in, just on the like the the recap page. Gotcha. Uh, and so this was like a memo on a desk, but it was like. There's a highlighter laying on it and a mouse, and it's got like a coffee stain on it. So some of the words were blurred out, and right. Bleeding Cool was like, here's what it says. Some of the words we can't figure out. Right. So that's what Unclear is. So No release date. Yeah, of course. Uh, I hope Prometheus is leading it. God, I love Prometheus so much. They haven't done anything cool with Prometheus for a long time. Where's that coming from? I don't know. I just hope he is. Wasn't, wasn't Talia in charge of Leviathan in the Batman Incorporated books? No, I believe it was revealed that Talia was a part of it, but was actually afraid of Leviathan. Oh, okay. That might be. Yeah. This sounds cool. Like, I love, I like. Sounds crazy. Bendis, like, doing his thing with all of the various secret organizations at DC, and there are a lot. And if they're going to clean house, but with most of these stupid ones that we don't need, yeah. good. <laughs> we don't need them. Alex Maleev is a weird choice for like this kind of. They're buddies. No, I get it. I love Alex. Maleev, and if they're but... doing it sort of like more crime noir kind of like Maleev will fit in just fine. Remember, he did those issues of Iron Man with Bendis, and they were great. Yeah, yeah. No, it's they true. They looked kick ass. 
I think this sounds fun. Uh, we're we're still like nothing's been solicited yet. It's all still kind of like hinty, hinty, shadowy, shadowy stuff. Yeah. Um, sounds great. But I'm into it. I'm totally into it. In Hollywood news, Marvel Studios Black Panther has earned. I can't believe I'm saying this. I know. Seven Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture. First superhero film to ever be up for Best Picture. Yeah, it's true. Way to go. Uh, Additionally, Sony Pictures Animation's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was nominated for Animated Feature Film, uh, which it won at the Golden Globes recently. It wins. No question. That's a lot. Uh, And even Infinity War got a nod for visual effects. Matt's Oscar lock of the month. Spider-Man. Matt's Into the Spider-Verse. Softball Oscar (laughs) (laughs) That's my luck. Put in your bets now. Uh, in the best picture category, Black Panther is vying against uh, Golden Globes best picture winner Bohemian Rhapsody, along with Black Klansman, the favorite, the favorite. It was great. The favorite was so good. Uh, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born, and Vice. If I'm calling my shot here, I'm saying it's Roma. Roma's your winner. I didn't see it, but everyone seems to be got Roma's your winner. Uh, in the animated feature film category, Spider Verse faces Incredibles two. I love dogs. Yet. Uh, Mirai and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Isle of Dogs was wonderful. It's not going to win. No. Uh, the other categories Black Panther was nominated for include costume design, original totally. score, original song, production design, sound editing, and sound mixing, both of which we all agree are bullshit categories. It's not going to win original song. Lady Gaga's got that tied up. Yeah, yeah. and that song sucks. Casey loves it. Uh, I... I just like I'm in the shadows, like you're in the deep. Look, it's a fi- it's a fine song until you get to the chorus, and she just sings "Sha la 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 low." It's stupid. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, all right, so the Oscars are on February 24th. It's the 91st Academy Awards. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther is not going to win Best Picture, right? It's not going to win Best Picture. But boy, I want it to. It's going to win a bunch of shit. <laughs> I though. really hope it does. It's going to win a bunch of stuff. Uh, if I was, if I were to, if I was a betting man, I would say Bohemian Rhapsody is going to win Best Picture, even though no uh, it's not the too, best movie. Too much of controversy. This, no of way. This batch. Way too much controversy. I don't know, man. Golden Globes usually dictate. No. A lot of stuff. Not Best Picture. All right, we'll see. see. I mean, it might be Roma, uh, which I did not see. I also didn't see Black Klansman, which I really want to see. Black Klansman was excellent. They did a thing in the end they didn't need to do. Okay. They should have just stopped the movie, but they did like this, like, and here's what it led to. Donald Trump getting elected. Like, no shit. I get that. <laughs> okay, yeah. You don't need to show me that. Uh, there's no way any movie title with KKK in it is going to win Best Picture. Because uh, they're cowards. Great they're cowards. Movie. No, the Academy are cowards. No, I'm saying Black Panther cleans house, wins a bunch of technical shit. Yeah, yeah, for definitely. sure, but not Best Picture. Not Best Picture. Um, I do agree, though, that Spider Verse is a lock for Best Animated no Film. No question. No Incredibles question. 2 is just not that good. No. And it's a sequel. Right. It's a, it's sequel. a sequel. They're doing the same thing again. No. Spider Man's got this. Somehow I missed Isle of Dogs, but I should see that. Because uh, I do love the West. It Anderson. was wonderful. Oh. You cannot That is your nerd news for the week, but I am sure we missed plenty of other stories while we were studying our Oscar ballots because kids may bet on sports, but adults bet on the Oscars. Watch for my Oscar Swami cast coming soon all where right. I'll give you all your locks. <laughs> so hit us up on the THN forums, big news section, or better yet, tune into Cover to Cover live every Saturday where we broadcast on our Facebook page from 1130 to 1230 Central Standard Time. It's like sports talk for nerds. You control the content, and it is no fun if you don't show. So call us at 402-819-4894 or click the Call Now button on our Facebook page. 
Normally, this is where we point to it, but we're not being recorded, so it doesn't matter. Uh, if you can't be there live, leave us a message or send an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. It is spotlight review time in the ziggurat where Joe and I focus our attention on two of Wednesday, January 30th bests. 30th. The 30th. Because it owns it. And the bests, because there's two. No. Joe no, Patrick? No, because you already said two of. Jock your rhymes into overtime, G. I'll, I'll jock jams No, nope, it's not jock jams. Forget oh, it. Oh, shit. Nope, you ruined it. Uh, my main review is Star Trek The Q Conflict, number one from IDW, written by Scott and David Tipton, with art by David Messina. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. When a dispute between godlike beings threatens the galaxy, it will take all of Starfleet's bests to cap. Best camps to stop them. Captains, I think it's supposed to say. Captains. When a dispute between godlike beings threatens the galaxy, it will take all of Starfleet's bests to stop them. Join James T. Kirk, Jean-Luc Picard, Catherine Janeway, and Benjamin Sisko as they go head-to-head in a competition that will determine the fate of the Earth and beyond. The Earth. Yep. Will they be able to emerge victorious, or will they be torn apart by the Q Conflict? A soon-to-be classic six-part miniseries begins here. No, whoa, if IDW chill out, does guys. say so themselves. Soon-to-be classic. Hey, cool your jets. Star Trek isn't really a series known for being super action-heavy. I mean, yeah, there's action, but it's smart and dramatic, and it's socially relevant, and it's very character-focused. Don't forget sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a fan since I was nine years old. Trust me, I understand this. So while I wasn't expecting the Fast and the Furious in space, though that would be awesome. No. Yeah, it would. No. Come on, it would, too. Stop it. Space drifting? Stop it. Yeah. You're so drifting in space. Yeah. You need concrete to drift on. Fast and the f- everything drifts in space. Fast and the Furious Four, <laughs> All right, that's Jupiter enough. Drift. Like in so many Star Trek stories, there's an unexplainable anomaly that the Enterprise must investigate. Shenanigans ensue, or at least they begin to ensue. Writers Scott and David Tipton deliver pages and pages of exposition with panels of repetitious artwork. We get some fun moments, like when Picard discovers that Q is involved and in the eventual meeting of the four time lost crews but the setup just keeps going on and on. David Messina is a very talented artist, and he's great at capturing likenesses. When there's a close-up shot of Captain Picard or Jordi LaForge, his work is spot on. You're like, damn, that's Patrick Stewart. Yeah. But he loses some of that detail in the wider shots, and the only thing you have to tell the characters apart is hair and forehead ridges, because they're all <laughs> dressed the same. <laughs> Messina also has some trouble with clunky poses in this issue. There are some panels, uh, there are panels where some characters look like action figures with just a few points of articulation. Uh, and because this issue is so dialogue heavy, it really stands out when Messina basically repeats panels multiple times, doing very little to make them visually distinct. Like, for example, Here's a scene where Captain Picard and uh, Commander Riker are talking about something, and then here is that same scene from a slightly different angle behind their shoulders that's still behind their shoulders. It's just slightly skewed. I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, it stood out a lot. Come on. No, it did, and he did it a bunch. I understand that this is just the first issue. Things needed to be set up, and I'm still excited to see how it all plays out, but 32 pages of talking heads and some inconsistent art mean that the Q conflict number one gets a skim it from me for now. 
Well, Joe Patrick, I'm sorry Wolverine didn't show up and cut Q in half in the first episode. He should have. But uh, I enjoyed this. I really liked the way that this, that, that Scott and David Tipton and David Messina work together. I will give you Messina he has some poses that look a little stiff here and there, okay? But I think he's a very talented artist. And I agree. For a guy that's doing a book that's mainly in one room of a ship, that is difficult. It definitely is. Yeah. And I think only, he does a lot with it. only the story had given him some more to work with. Oh, I still enjoyed it. I thought the setup was fun. I think this is going to turn out really great. I think these guys write everyone's voice so well that I can just hear them speaking. I'm giving it a buy it cash that check from IDW, why don't you? Oh, yeah, they've got all kinds of cash these days. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what are you reviewing this week? It's a weird one, Joe, I'm going to oh, warn you. It's uh, called Weird, but it's spelled weird. It's spelled W-Y-R-D, number one Word. from Dark Horse. It's written by Kurt Pyers and Antonio Fuso with art by Antonio Fuso. It's 32 pages for $3.99. Here's your solicit. There are problems, cases too strange for U.S. law enforcement to solve. Peter Weird is the one who solves them. For a fee, of course. An unaging invincible detective with a pension for the strange. Weird is the one the government calls when things go very badly. And very strange. That's badly and strange a lot. You know what another word would be for those two things? Strange and bad? Weird. Foobar. <laughs> I think it's weird. <laughs> this issue, Crimea, a failed attempt at recreating a certain U.S. super soldier. A monster roaming the countryside. A trail of bodies. On a new comic shelf full of paranormal investigator books, Pyers and Fuso introduce us to a new investigator that's equal parts Hellboy and John Constantine. While the solicit describes Peter Weird as invincible, he's less Superman and more Wolverine in the fact that he's able to heal from just about any injury. That said, he does get injured, and it appears to hurt him pretty bad, too. While a lot happens in this first issue, it never feels like a story is trying to do too much. The pacing works very well as we meet Peter, get subtle hints to his background, and see him in action on the job. Just like the main character, the story's equal parts X-Files meets the BPRD as it jumps through time to flesh out Peter's past, which seems to have turned him into the smoking and drinking nihilist he is today. Fuso is wading into Alex May Leave territory here with digital affected backgrounds and heavy contrasted blacks, but it does work to give the story the heavy dark feeling that it needs, and it lends a sadness to Weird himself. This is definitely sketchier and more stripped down than his G.I. Joe work. It reminded me of Michael Gaudis' work on Alias and Marvel with elements of Sean Phillips and his criminal work. I like the direction Fuso is moving with this new look, and it works really great for a character-driven title that's not a cape book. Weird, number one, is a great first issue with a mysterious lead from a shady government background. There's a lot of really good buzz from creators that I follow on Weird, number one, and now I know why. I'm giving it a buy it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's, it is very much like American Constantine with yeah. superpowers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I love the old, like, kind of, like, government conspiracy type. Oh, sure type thing and it's experiments gone wrong and well and they touched on the fact that he has a past where he probably was a kinder gentler dude and something went pretty wrong yeah yeah they hint at some stuff uh i really enjoyed it i i think it's uh, uh this is a fun setup i i think the character has a lot of uh, potential yeah and yeah fuso's work was different than i've ever seen it and i really liked it i'm giving it a buy it as well you know back when i was in the academy we would follow every toast with a song 
So that is a double buy it for weird number one, and a buy it and a skim it for Star Trek The Q Conflict number one. We're going to post our written reviews over at TwoHeadedNerd.com so meddling space gods can use it as evidence of humanity's failure during judgment of our race. We are screwed. Yeah, big time. It's too damn cold to go outside, so Matt and I are racing vintage superhero Hot Wheels on our 1978 crisscross crash track to see who is the Ziggurat's tiny supercar champ. That's a serious title right now. Yeah. While reviewing eight more of this Wednesday's new comics during the Ludicrous Speed Round. Ludicrous Speed! Go! Mysteries of Love in Space, one shot from DC. This Valentine's anthology starts with James Tinian the Four and art by Jesus Marino, doing their best two-headed Jack Kirby writing about what true love means to Darkseid. Kyle Higgins gives readers a lonely Kilowog story that broke my damn heart. From there, we get a gal pal story with Hawkwoman, Starfire, and Jessica Cruz Green Lantern as they help a wayward space monster that's really just a mom looking for her babies. Then Aaron Gillespie writes a tale of a space cabbie that falls in love with his GPS AI. And no Valentine's Day anthology would be complete without a story starring Lobo's daughter, Crush. Crush hooks up with a cute underground metahuman fighter that makes her feel special, but she might want Crush for more than just her punky good looks. I am yet to care about Crush, but the rest of this anthology was great. I'm giving it a bite. Yeah, they... I heard nothing but good things about this. It was and a lot of fun. The uh, the holiday one, I raved about. Like they are really killing it with yeah. these holiday They're anthologies the last couple months. Action Comics 1007 from DC. Oh, Leviathan returns, and they're not taking any prisoners. Oh, this already started. I, I thought guess. This yeah. Coming. <laughs> yeah. Same Jesus, here. we just talked about. This. I know the lead into the big story. The lead into the big Bendis spy agency story we just talked about earlier kicks off here as Jimmy Olsen takes the spotlight. Bendis serves up several great character moments between Jimmy and Perry, Lois and her dad, and Superman casually interacting with the citizens of Metropolis. He asked a bus full of kids how school was today. It was so sweet. It's adorable. I know. Uh, Steve Epting makes his debut on art, and he was just born to draw larger-than-life icons like Superman. He's never drawn Superman before. Right? He actually did. In did the he? early 2000s, he had a run on Superman. I did not know that. Yes. Action 1007 was a solid start to an intriguing story. I'm giving it a buy it. Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt number one from Dynamite. I was a little hard on Kieran Gillen's die number one when I reviewed it on episode 511, but it was mainly because I didn't care for the precious whiny main characters. Thunderbolt seems to be anything but as Gillen sets up this character as an unstoppable genius that can handle the mightiest of superheroes and hang with them when he feels like it too. This Thunderbolt is so smart, he finds himself disgusted with modern humanity, and saving them is becoming more and more tiresome. Casper Wingard is really great in art, switching from paneled action scenes to well-composed splash pages. He's got a Chris Samney meets Chris Sprouse type style that keeps improving, by the way. This was probably the best setup I've seen for any Charlton Comics character at Dynamite yet. I'm giving Peter Cannon Thunderbolt number one a buy it! Journey into Unknown Worlds, number one from Marvel. The next installment of Marvel's 80th anniversary anthologies tackles science fiction. Both stories are pretty similar, with humans being taken over by alien viruses or something like that. One accidental and one malicious. Both stories are well done, but this issue didn't really grab me as much as the horror one. 
I don't know if it was because the stories were too similar or if I was bummed out that a book called Journey into Unknown Worlds took place entirely on Earth. Yeah, that's dumb. Skip it. The Shape of Elvira, number one from Dynamite. That's right, baby. David Avaloni wrote two different Betty Page series that established the character as an empowered, intelligent spy that models on the side, and I really liked both. Here, he's keeping Elvira's snark and character, but dropping her into the making of what is basically the Shape of Water starring a real monster. He's going to bone that monster. It's a what-if Del Toro used real monsters and magic in his movies. Fran Stukin's art has an early Matt Wagoner feel to it, although it's a little inconsistent when drawing faces. This new Elvira series is a big step up from the last one, but still not must-read stuff. I'm giving it a skim. Age of X-Men! Alpha from Marvel! That's what I'm going to say if we're not X-Men! Yeah, you got to. Yeah, it's not X-Men. X-Men! Yeah. (laughs) He's not an X-Boy. He's an X-Man. That's right. As much as X-Men Disassembled left me wanting, this book really delivered. X-Man has created a utopia where everyone on Earth has become a mutant, leading to a time of unparalleled peace. But any utopia is a dystopia to somebody. And we start to learn what extreme ends Nate Gray and his enforcers go to preserve his society. It just never works out, does it? No. Writers Zach Thompson and Lonnie Nadler set up the various upcoming tie-in books, and they all seem pretty interesting. Great art by Ramon Rosanas. I'm definitely on board for Age of X-Man. Give this a bite. WWE Forever, number one from Boom! Best WWE comic ever produced, which really isn't saying a whole lot, returns with a look at wrestling history. The first story looks at Brett the Hitman Hart's first day on the job, teaming up with Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart. And one of the most bizarre time jumps I've ever seen, too. Next is the story of the Million Dollar Man and Razor Ramon literally wrestling in a jewelry store. (laughs) The anthology finished out with Junkyard Dog versus King Harley race, a ridiculous origin story for the team of Million Dollar Man and IRS, that's Irving R. Scheister, who would go on to be known as Money Incorporated, who I fucking loved back in the day. And finally, the story of that time Bobby Heenan stole Matilda, the British Bulldog's bulldog mascot. I wish this was more historical and less BS, I guess. While it's fun to make myths out of these stories, wrestling already fucking does that. So I'd like to see some more personal stories. I'm going to read a comic version. I can only give this a skim. Uh, Phil Lee, in the chat of Cover to Cover on Saturday, recommended the book. Uh, it's something like the comic book history of professional wrestling or the yeah. illustrated history of professional yeah, wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Like that. It's amazing. Oh, you have it. You've yeah. read it. Man Without Fear, number five from Marvel. I have really come around on this series toward the end. Really? Yeah. After four issues of wallowing in fear and self-pity, Matt Murdock finally starts to put himself back together. I stopped reading this because you hit me and you caught me reading. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But this time around, he's embracing that fear and pain and using them to push himself forward. Just like the Karate Kid. Yeah, exactly. He's the best (laughs) around and no one's ever going to bring him down. Writer Jed McKay gets Matt where he needs to be for Chip Zdarsky's upcoming relaunch. Danilo Beirut's art style, it's just not my cup of tea, but he does a good job. I really liked this issue, and I think it accomplishes what the series set out to do, but an issue is all it really needed to be. Not a five-part weekly series. I'm giving Man Without Fear, number five, a skimmit. They stuck the landing, but this did not need to exist. Sploitoing! That is your ludicrous speed round, and sploitoing is also the sound of a man's guts puffing out like a jack-in-the-box, scaring his surgeons, as seen in the pages of 1967's Mad Magazine number 110. You know, 
it's he's this guy is so famous for his sound effects that I was able to Google Sploy Doing and find out what issue it was in. That's right, man. Yeah. This is just one of the hundreds, if not thousands, of amazing sound effects created by the great Don Martin for Mad Magazine. This onomatopoeia of the week was submitted by Carl Smith via the THN Facebook fan page. Nice digging, Camarillo Brillo. Yeah, yeah. Man. If you want to submit an onomatopoeia of the week, you can exploit doing it our way to any of our social media or shoot an email to toitednerd at gmail.com. Remember, when you submit, we need to know what comic it came from. Yes, it can't just be a noise. You don't have to have a picture, but we need to know what it's from. I mean, a picture is great, but... But what is from and what, what is was going from and on? what's happening, yes, because yeah. often Most we have no context. Otherwise, we're like, bring, bang, dig it, do That is your onomatopoeia of the week, and I don't know what the fuck that is. Oh, I've already got, <laughs> I've already got one for next week, and it's, I've got all the details we need. Another wintry week goes by, and the ziggurat is still cold as hell. But we've got the perfect way to keep the Sanctum Sanctorum warm. We've filled the sacred fireplaces of the Shanti with variant covers of George R.R. Martin's Clash of Kings, number 15, Kiss, Blood and Stardust, and Mars Attacks, number 4. Which means between these three comics, there's more than 200 variants to burn, Joe. We'll never be cold again. (laughs) Let's cuddle up by the fire, inhale some worthless burning variant fumes, and get loose while we talk about our must-read picks. For next week. They don't make comics like they used to, man. <laughs> this shit burns weird. Don't cook over burning variants, okay? Not no, a good idea. No, 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 it's bad. The flame is weird colors and Just shit. Straight poison. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like burning a Yule log. It's like all purple <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and green. <laughs> My pick for next week is Daredevil number one from Marvel Comics, written by Chip Zdarsky, with art by Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. It's some pages for four ninety nine. I think it's forty eight pages. Yeah, uh, maybe, probably. For some reason, they've stopped putting page numbers. Yeah, uh, in many things. Ass hats. Uh, the solicit is classified. Ooh. So you know it's important. Jeez. Uh, so I guess the premise of this is Daredevil has had a near death experience <sighs> for the first time ever in his superheroing career. He's Which they called the death bad. of Daredevil, not the near death of Daredevil. Right. Yep. Uh, and. Uh, I think it was more metaphorical, death of Daredevil, like Daredevil, Daredevil no more. I, I would argue uh, they didn't call it the metaphorical death of Daredevil well, of course either. they didn't, because that's not how metaphors work. <laughs> uh, there was also that Man of Fear, uh, Man of Fear miniseries, Sucked. which... Uh, yeah, Sucked. You know, it, was, it sucked. It happened. I read two, and I went, done with that. Uh, so Daredevil is, like, real scared. Matt Marduk is like, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't, I'm a fragile human being. He's scared. Yeah, he's scared. Yeah. He's scared. He's so scared. now he's the man with fear. <laughs> I don't know. The don't man, know. the man whom is not without fear. I just, I love Daredevil. I like Chip Zdarsky a lot, and I love Marco Cicchetto as yeah, an artist. It's a great team. I just, I don't know. I don't know. They need to do something with Daredevil, because right now it is this. Yeah, I agree. And there's so much bad blood after the end of that soul run. I don't think anybody was happy with that. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't heard many good things about it. Matt, what's your pick? No shit, dude. My pick for next week is Red Sonja, number one. No shit? No shit. From Dynamite. It is written by Mark Russell. Yeah. Mark Russell of Flintstones. He did the Flintstones. and He's what doing it? the upcoming Wonder Twins That's right. miniseries. The Wonder Twins miniseries with art by Mirko Kolak. 32 pages. It is $3.99. Here is your solicit. No man knows her place of birth, nor where she learned to wield a sword to shame many a male. 
They know only that she is called the She-Devil of the Hurricanium Steps. <laughs> that and Red Sonia, Mark Russell, the Flintstones, and Miracle Collect Conan bring a savage tale of metal and blood. Weird cadence oh, to this song. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. A world conqueror possesses a massive army and a fatal prophecy. A bastard sorceress craves revenge, and a fearsome red-haired warrior is made wartime ruler of a homeland set for decimation. Mark Russell is doing Red Sonia. It's got to be good. Uh, it's got to be a comic book about Red Sonia. Everything Mark Russell does is good. Yeah, so far that I is I have true. not read anything where it's like, mm, nice try, Mark Russell. No, <laughs> like he's always been good. A hundred percent of the time. It's true. I just I just wish that, uh, you know, it's been so long since the last time we got a Red Sonia number one. Oh, don't worry. There'll be another one next week. Yeah. I think there's actually two this week. <laughs> <That's probably right. laughs> the THN Trade of the Week goes to James Brown, Black and Proud hardcover from IDW. It's written and illustrated by Xavier Fautho. Xavier Fautho. Xavier Fautaux. Mm. It's, it's I, think you, I think you got it. I think you got it. Yeah, Fautaux. It's, uh, again, some pages for $24.99. That is a steal. Yeah, it's got to be. Here's your solicit. Born in the South during the height of segregation, James Brown went on to become a global sensation, using his immeasurable talent to grasp what he believed was the American dream. Never heard of him. Jo- Join the charismatic, hardworking, and sometimes tyrannical band leader on a journey down the roads of America with a group of talented musicians spreading the sound of funk and soul throughout the country. Told against the backdrop of a changing America during the civil rights era of the 1960s, this is the story of a man and his band that would go on to revolutionize the world of pop music. I'm a little more excited for the next issue where they show the story of him in the 80s when he goes in to renegotiate his contract with a shotgun and he jumps (laughs) up on the table and shoots the shotgun through the table and says, I want to talk about some fucking money. I want to know. I want to. Then he leads the police on a four hour (laughs) chase in his Ferrari where he is pulled over and they. They described finding a shitload of cocaine in his trunk, (laughs) along with a bunch of guns. (laughs) I want to read about the years where he went to prison for tax evasion. (laughs) Well, this was all part of why he went to prison. Yeah. uh, It wasn't just tax evasion. No, I get it. Cocaine, guns. I hear you. Car chases. Uh, we love a good music biography graphic novel. I here love at me THN. some James Brown. I am a huge James Brown fan. Godfather of Soul, man. That's right. Hardest working man in show business. That's right. And uh, yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. In peace. Yeah. Uh, this. I think John Legend's the hardest working man in show business now. These days, yeah. Yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. I like John Legend. Yeah, I do too. I don't think he works that hard though. John seems pretty chill. Yeah, he's kind of a laid back dude. Yeah, we need to decide who the hardest working man in show business is. All right, we'll think about this and get back to you. Yeah, we'll get back to it next week on that. Or show. Our show business cast. Showbiz cast. Yeah. This sounds great. 25 bucks for a hardcover with some pages in it. I'm in. I'm on board. Dan DiDio, hardest working man in show business. <laughs> so there you have our picks for Wednesday, February 6th. But we want to know what you nerds are reading, too. So after you're done burning all your variants, let us know what you plan on reading next week. Or you can hit us up on any of our social networking platforms. But kitties... Don't forget to make sure your picks are added to your pull file or you're just doing it wrong. In true Matt fashion, we've retooled and renamed our old recap segment. We couldn't even remember the old name. A segment so old we can't (laughs) even remember the name of it. 
where we dissect the latest major crossover event so you don't have to read it. Welcome to THN TLDR, the Infinity Wars edition. So, yeah. we have an yet another Infinity Wars event to add to the long line of Infinity yeah. events. Mm-hmm. Much beloved. Yeah. Belo- <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, I mean, like, for the most part, most of them have been beloved. The first one was right. beloved. And obviously this one is keeping the heat going on the Infinity Stones as the movie is, yeah. you know, getting uh, ready to tie up I Avengers feel like, 4. I feel like that this event has been going on for so long, I don't remember... Uh, it was Marvel a... Comics before Infinity Wars began. Yeah, really. Because before this, before the main miniseries, there was also like the Road to Infinity Wars or yes. whatever it was called that well, went on for months. There was also the Guardians of the Galaxy Road to the Road to the Road Jesus. to Infinity Wars that led into all of this. I sh- we should start by saying this is written by Jerry Duggan, yeah. with art by Mike Diodato. Yes. So in issue number one, if you haven't been reading, boy oh boy, the road to the Infinity Wars, yeah, or the ready. road to the road to the Infinity Wars, get ready for a real trip. You're not going to have any fucking clue. Groot what can it talk. This just starts. The Guardians have broken up. Gamora wants the Soul Stone to get her soul back. Drax has got it somewhere. Pete, Groot, and Rocket are on Earth to meet Doctor Strange and his new Infinity Watch group. Okay. Yeah. So Doctor Strange. This uh, is literally the first four pages. Yeah, Doctor Strange assembles this group of people uh, because the Infinity Stones are back and right. they are in the hands of people that probably shouldn't have them. Wolverine has one for no fucking reason. And, as always, the heroes get them all together in the same place. Yeah, great. Which is a Good terrible job. fucking idea. Smart thinking. And they've done that every time yep. and it's always been bad. Yeah, surprise. 100% of the time, this has been a terrible plan. Surprise. Okay. Somebody, sh- <laughs> somebody shows up. Drax shows up with Iron Lad. What? And Adam Warlock out of nowhere. I don't remember that. Yep. That's, we haven't seen Iron Lad, and I don't even how, know how long. Keep in mind. I mean, he's been in Exiles, but... That's... I suppose. We're not going to see him again for the rest of the series. No. That's why I didn't remember it. Nope. Turk. Yes, and Turk. Some old... He, who's an old D&D... Or D&D. <laughs> Turk, who's an old... Daredevil villain has the mind gem and he's been using it for no good but for him. Yeah. He's hired Sandman, Bullseye, Typhoid Mary. Yeah. Wise. Who's I don't think anyone in their right mind would hire. No. Spot, <laughs> who sure. we haven't seen for a while, yeah. and Tombstone. They all show up to join Doctor Strange. Turk, Turk rolls with a posse. Well, he does now because he's afraid that the hero is going to try and take the Mind Stone and from him. The, yes, rightfully so. Which you have the Mind Stone. You just be like, no, you're not. And they'll be like, no, we're not, right? I guess. <laughs> Turk used the Mind Stone to make a shitload of money stealing trading knowledge on the New York Stock Exchange floor. It's also how he hired this group of flunkies. We learned that the Soul Gem is corrupted and it threatens reality. Reality. Yeah, as you know, know, obviously. Right. That's how, what happens. By using the mind gem, we are able to see that Thanos is dead. Yes, this happened in the, the road, I believe. Uh, uh, there was a zero issue or uh, an alpha, you know, like they do. It was some dumb issue that preceded number one. And for it some didn't reason. set any of this shit up. I'll tell well, you that Thanos did get his head cut off. Right. Thanos got his head so cut off. So there's that. We see Thanos' headless body. Yeah. We don't know who did it. Yes, we do. Not yet, we don't. Yeah, we do. The, well, I mean, these guys don't. Okay. So. Flash to the God Quarry. Yeah. Which is a thing. Yep. I don't know where it came from. It's where from. they mine God Rocks. It's where gods are buried when they die. Oh, I thought that's where they like... No. 
that's where like Fred God Flintstone worked. <laughs> Maybe at the God Quarry. <laughs> Loki shows up at the God Quarry to figure out what's going on with a woman now named Flower. 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 Hey, she's a flower. <laughs> I think it's Floa, but okay, it's funnier to say Flower. Gamora shows up with Thanos's head. And the Power Stone. And then... Except she's called Requiem now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. We flash back to Earth, and they're all like, hey, these stones are super dangerous. We probably shouldn't have them all in the same place. They yeah. literally say that out loud. Right. This right. is a bad idea yeah, to yeah, have yeah. them all in the same place. It's like when Han Solo says, I got a bad feeling about right. this. <laughs> and Masked Figure shows up wielding a giant sword. Yeah, Final Fantasy Freaks seven. out, yeah. takes all the stones, Murders Peter. Oh, but first, they, like, used a power stone to, like, blast the mask off. And it's, <gasps> Gamora! Yeah. Oh, my God! So, yeah, Requiem. Requiem is this badass woman that has killed Thanos. She's and got the power stone in her sword, She has gotten right? the sword. Uh, yeah, the power stone. Right, right, right. And it's in the hilt of her sword. Right. Uh, and she uses it to mop the floor with everybody. She beats everybody up. And then Quill's and then, like, Gamora, don't do this. Yeah, I know you're then, not going to do it. And she's like, sorry, Pete. Kills him. Stabs him. Oh, my God. But it's okay. He... He gets much better. I should mention that Diodato is doing these really weird, like, grids. Yeah. Through the book that are not panels. They're just grids that overlay the art. Yeah. What is that shit about? It's a design, design I element. I did not like it. It was really dumb. We go to issue two. Dun, dun. Doctor Strange uses the time gem, and he saves Quill, right? Because he's got that. Yeah. We learn that Thanos is living in Gamora's head, or she may We be... don't know that for sure. Well, I think that she's just like... She's crazy? Because she's talking to him out loud. Well, sure. And people are like, what'd she say? Huh? Huh? I think... I think... My theory is that she's um, just like hallucinating him over because of guilt or whatever. I think... He's trapped in her head. I don't think that's true because the plot of Guardians of the well, Galaxy. We'll get there. We'll get there in the end. Hold on. Let's not spoil this yet. There's a whole ride we got to take them on. Okay. Yeah. You're getting to the. You're. you're I get, mean, you've already reviewed the issue. You're getting so. to the meatus of the matter. Okay. Well, you've already <laughs> reviewed that issue. Yeah. But regardless. Okay. We're. You know. So we learn that Thanos is living in Gamora's head. Gamora kills everybody, and she takes all the stones. Boom. That's pretty much all that happens in issue two. All right. Really, that yeah. was it. It was a giant fight scene. Yep. And it was lame. Th issue three, Gamora's back at the God Quarry and she's threatening Loki. Then she makes the Marvel Amaglams, the hero mix-em-ups, if you will. Yeah, the Infinity she Warps. She warps the world. She literally does what Thanos did when he had the stones, but instead of killing half the universe, she folds half the universe together. Yes, so she merges half the beings with the other half of the beings. Why? I don't know. That's just it. Reasons. Like, I get Thanos did it because he wanted to kill half the universe. Too many people. It's fucking shit Yeah, because he worships death. Yep. Too many people. There is no reason I can possibly think of like why Gamora does this. I mean, they must have said something, we but know nothing her, that actually stuck with me. We know that her soul is stuck in the soul stone. Yes. We know that that sucks. It's bad news, yeah. We know she's upset about it. But once she has the soul stone, they, they explain why she can't just let herself she out, She can't right? because the soul stone is corrupt. Because there's a squid named Devondra yeah, living in it. the soul squid. And it's like a squid with knives for hands and a real fucking toothy mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's like a sarlacc pit with knife hands. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, right? Yeah, yeah, named, basically. Named Devondra. Devondra. Like Devondra Barnhart. Named Deborah. <laughs> right. Deborah, like, the soul seriously, squid. I, seriously, I wish they would have named it Michelle or something, you know? <laughs> like Something like oh, really chill, you man, know? Like, yeah. oh man. And then this Brenda, okay. This is Patsy, <laughs> the soul squid. So, 
she is in she creates <laughs> this universe in the soul stone yeah right the warp world yeah knowing that devandra is going to devour the whole universe Ooh. but in doing so it will satiate devandra's hunger devandra will then spin a web because i guess she's a spider too it's got like a spider butt with spider legs. Soul, soul and from that soul squid spider. From that web, they will be able to build a new reality where an as far as I can uncorrupted pure reality. An uncorrupted pure reality from the remnants of the of the soul stone that Devandra is destroying. <clears throat> and that will make Gamora feel better, I guess. She's sad. So yeah, I guess it's Gamora's motivation that she thinks the world's real fucked up and she just wants to but start n- over. Well, it's more that like she's real fucked up and she's upset about it. I don't think it's just the world, because she says right out loud, "I don't have to live this life." And she keeps saying to Peter, "I feel like a part of me is gone." You know, like sure, that's sad. Get over it. Like, how long has Gamora's soul been in the Soul Stone? Like since uh, forever? Honestly, no. I mean, it it happened probably a hundred issues ago in fucking Guardians while we were know, on the dude. road to the road to the road to the Infinity Wars. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So. There's a squid monster named Devondra in the Soul Stone. It's trying to eat everyone that is trapped in there. Yeah. And there's a team that's in there. The Infinity Watch is like in the fucking Soul Stone. She tricked them all in there so she can take their stones. Issue four. Loki assembles a team by separating the Amaglams. And he is using the reality stone that he has. Miss Marvel, Emma Frost, Hulk, Kang, of course. Sure. Ant-Man and Adam Warlock. This is his Infinity Watch. Here's where things get really interesting. There are infinity stones inside the soul gem. Different ones. Yes. Not the same infinity stones. No. And a young baby version of Gamora is there, and she has them. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Don't know why. No. But she does. Yeah. These stones are different, and what they do is they enhance certain abilities. Now, I know you're thinking here. Obviously, you bring a guy like Kang. He's a time traveler. Give him the time stone. Yeah, nope. Nope. Give him the power stone. Right. That makes sense. Yes. You know? And like Hulk, he should have the power stone. He's strong. Nope. Space stone. Right. So for reasons. This is something that they came up with during the road to the road to the road to the Infinity Wars. Right. Where it's like each stone enhances the theme of another stone. So like. The well, t- actually, no. That's the stones on the outside. Oh, yeah. That's not the inside soul stones. On the outside, it's Pokemon. Like fire beats water, water. Or, battle beasts. Water beats fire. Fire. It's beasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's battle beasts. Yeah. You know, I've said Pokemon for the ki- for the kids. Yeah, the youths. Nobody knows fucking battle beasts anymore. But they, I heard they can grow into an army. Anyway, <laughs> these stones don't do that. These stones just enhance certain people's powers and abilities. And so much so that you can kick the shit out of the person that has all the other stones. So, like, if you had these it's stones... It's almost like there are no rules. Th- there are no rules. Yeah. If you had these stones, you can go mop the floor with Thanos with right. the Infinity Gauntlet and everything. By the way, no gauntlet here. Nope. Not even a mention of the gauntlet. Nope. No, Gamora's just, like, they're floating around her head. I mean, the gauntlet was really just a tool to harness How that. come Gamora doesn't need it? I don't think anybody needs it. I thought you had to have it. No, the gauntlet was something that Thanos just built. Oh, I thought he built it because and it was like the only thing that was powerful enough to like control them. Wasn't that part of the deal? You had to have the gauntlet. You could because if you just like tried to hold the stones, they'd fucking explode or go nuts or something. Yeah, in the movie. In oh, the okay, movies, whatever. But yeah, no. Anyway. So 
Because the Infinity Gauntlet was just like one of his gloves. Because his other glove looked the same. No, it didn't. Yeah, it did. No, he had a gold one, and his other glove was just yellow. No, no. If you if you go back to the original Infinity Gauntlet comic, right, his well, we'll gloves are identical. That's except a, one's got gems. That's in a it. question we'll investigate another day. Gamora basically wants to remake the universe so she can kill herself because she's sad. I don't even fucking know or care. Question. Yeah. Moon Dragon and Philovel are here. Yes. They were forced into the cancer verse where Peter Quill died in the road to the, in the road to the This Infinity is Gauntlet. the Moon Dragon and Phyla from a different universe. Yes. Because the Moon Dragon and Phyla from our universe are dead. Right. And they're in love, which is adorable. Yep. Does Moon Dragon have a dragon? No. Can she turn into a dragon? No. This Moon Dragon has a dragon. Her powers manifest as this psychic dragon. Okay, and it could talk. It's talking in this. All right, that was unclear for me. Wait, maybe she does become the dragon. Well, no, not in this, because she is there in the panel. She, like, projects the dragon. And there's a dragon. Yeah, yeah, no, the dragon is, like, the manifestation of her abilities. But then she talks, and the dragon talks. Yeah. And the dragon's not like, ah, mom, help me. It's like, I am also moon dragon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is me, also moon dragon. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. Loki steals all the stones. It, like, they, they have a fight. After they pick, actually, they take the stones from baby Gamora, real Gamora shows up, who I believe is still Requiem Gamora, with the stones <laughs> from outside the stone. I don't even know what's happening Team anymore. I read every issue of this crossover. Team inside the stone stones. Team inside the stone stones. Just like what mopped the floor with Gamora. Beat the shit out of her. Yeah. And while this is happening, right. Loki's going around and he's like, hey, good punch, Hulk. And he like. Steals the space stone from Hulk, and he's like, "Nice he's job, like, Batman!" Hulk, look over there, and he takes the reality stone. He's just like palming them. Yeah. Miss Marvel sees this happening. I forgot Miss Marvel's there too. Right? Miss Marvel sees this happen because she's uncorruptible. She's a young, uncorruptible soul. Sure. Yeah. So they want her to have the soul stone. Okay. Which is the only one that makes any sense. You sure? I guess. Yeah. Because there's no stretch stone or whatever. There's no stretch stone. <laughs> so he takes all the stones. Miss Marvel sees this happening and says in her head. Oh, man, Loki's tricking him. Loki's taking all the stones. Should I say something? Maybe I should just let it happen. Loki's a fucking bad guy. Loki's a bad guy. Yeah. And Miss Marvel just watches this happen and goes, and then Loki leaves and they're fucked. And Miss Marvel doesn't say a word. Doesn't say a word. She's just like, ooh, shit. You know, <laughs> she brings it up. She brings it up later. She's like, yeah, I meant to say. Loki steals all the stones, goes into the God Quarry, which is a hole. You, and the Hulk is like, I'm going to go after him and starts punching the ground, but it's solid. He can't get through it. They're like, no, yeah. they can't get down there. Nope. And they're like, well, we're screwed. So Loki goes down there, sees a bunch of dead gods, and when he gets to the bottom, full of celestials. Mm-hmm. They're just hanging out, doing yeah. their thing. Right. And he fucks with the celestials a little bit, ribs them here and there, and they like point, and he's like, oh, you want me to go over there? All right, well, show, I realize I can't do shit down here. You guys are celestials. I'm outclassed. The stones don't work. The stones don't work down here. Now, while he's down there, there's stones all over the place. Tons of them. From the multiverse. I, I, that's how But I, there's like floating it. around, yeah, I guess. Sure. So he's like, I'm outclassed. At least show me my future. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, oh, shit, that's my future? Ha, 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 ha. I'm done here. See ya. Leaves. Yeah. The other team of Amaglams, <clears throat> the mix-em-ups, the Marvel raps, as we were calling them, yeah. are In- still fighting Devandra, the soul squid. Because, like, this team had to leave to go get the stones, and they're like, we need more heroes. We need more heroes. So all the mix-em-ups show up. Yeah, the other, the the Infinity Raps are at the Devandra Barnhart concert. Right. And they get the call, and they all show up to fight Devandra. They get told, look, man, 
this universe isn't even fucking real. You're mixed them up, and we just need to pull you guys apart. Yeah, they don't want that. And Cap, Doc. Soldier Supreme. Soldier Supreme, who was like, Doc Strange, Cap. It was like, no. Right. I don't, I'm not splitting up. I have a life. I have memories. Now, this is where shit really stops making sense, okay? <laughs> yes. You thought it was fucked up before this. I sure did. Drax is mixed up with a saxophone player that looks like Ron Swanson's alter ego, Duke Silver, from Parks and Rec. Arthur Douglas. Who was Arthur Douglas, who was briefly his human... Arthur Douglas is Drax. Right. Dr- Arthur Douglas was transformed into Drax. Okay. He was a dude. Yeah. He was a sax player. I guess. He didn't care for wearing shirts. No. Just wasn't Why would you? Neither does Drax. The 70s. Neither does Drax. Right. Makes sense. My favorite part about um, Arthur is everywhere he goes, he takes a sax with him. Everywhere he goes. That's so you know who he is. Him and his wife are driving, they get in a car accident, he gets out of the car and he's like, shit, let me grab my sax. They're like, what, are you going to play to the fucking thing you just hit? What are you doing? Like he gets separated from Drax and he's got his saxophone in his hand. So stupid. I don't understand. On to issue six. I don't even know if we talked about issue five. It was in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So issue six, we see Loki like understanding, I can't fuck with the Celestials. I just got to get out of here. He gives, he comes back out. He gives the stones back to the team, and they're like, well, what's this trick? And he's like, no trick. I'm leaving. See ya. Grabs Flawa, who hates him, I might add. Yeah. But she's like writing his story or yeah, something. Yeah, she's kind of amused by his I think presence. she's like uh, yeah, Asgardian yeah. storyteller. Well, she's like uh, like a seer, right? So right. like she writes the future. Not, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, so if she writes your story, then you could read your story and know how everything ends. Right. So Soldier Supreme, who is Cap Doc, as we'll call him, Cap Doc Strange, is fighting with Gamora out there. They show up, and like the squid comes with them, and he's like, no, I'm not leaving. We're not splitting this up. You know, we've got, we're real people, and I didn't just dream my life. I'm a thing. And she's like, whatever, dude. And he punches her, and she goes flying towards the mouth of Brenda, the squid, and she laughs because she's like, ha I'm going to die. But then Duke Silver Drax and Groot Quill show up and they yeah. save her. And they're like, we're the Guardians. And she's all bummed about it. She's like, meh. And Gamora reveals, look, you can't beat Devandra in the Soul Stone. So they have to destroy the Soul Stone world. And then they can only make a new universe from the thread that Devandra spins later. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the fuck that means, right? No. So Cap Strange is not having it. Hulk says, smoke this, and smashes the space stone, calling, causing a black hole on Devandra the squid. So Devandra turns inside out. Blech. Yeah. Ooh. So it turns out, yeah, you can beat her in here. Not a, In fact, it wasn't <laughs> it even really that It really wasn't hard. that big of a deal. No. All you needed was the Hulk. Uh, I went into that. Oh, say we, we learn that Drax became Arthur Douglas because he had two souls, and when they folded the universe in half, he just... Merged with his old soul for some reason. Whatever. Yeah, for reasons. Why he has a saxophone at all times is just a stupid mystery. Team Warlock. It's part of him, Matt. (laughs) It's part of him. Team Warlock then does a Care Bear stare to create a new universe while keeping the warp amaglams intact. Yep. So Marvel can print limited series about them to milk you for more Infinity Warps cash later, I'm guessing. Sure. Now, here's the thing. Adam is saying... We got to use the reality stone to recreate reality. Yeah. And that means, say, you, you know, yes. And that means we have to unsplit everybody so we can put their souls in the respective realities. Okay. Right? So, Cap Doc, sorry, dude, you've got to be split back up so we can put Captain America and Doctor Strange's soul 
back in the Marvel Universe, as Joe and I know it. So what the, the he world says, out our window. He says that they made a copy. Now, time out. Time out. He splits up everybody else and starts shooting their souls. And they're like, wait a minute. I know what we can do. And Drax and Duke Silver grab the portal that Adam has created. Yeah. From the black hole. Because it's got a physical nature that you can grasp with your hands. It's a black hole. (laughs) Right, yeah. Right? Well, okay, to be fair, it was a black hole. Adam does something to it, and now it's crackling with cosmic It's a portal. So I don't know. They grab it and literally just pull it into two pieces. Right, like you do. So now I'll buy Drax is the badass. We know that he's a big badass. Sure. He's super strong. Right. He's not this kind of strong. No. And Duke Silver is just a dude with a saxophone. Right, yeah. Okay? And- for some reason, he puts the saxophone down because that's how important this is <laughs> to do this job. He's like, hold on, hold on. They pull two holes. Yeah. And Adam says, okay, all the mix-em-ups go over there. Yeah, he, do- he does a control A and a control C. Everybody else goes over here to the yeah, Marvel he, 616. He cuts and pastes. The world outside our universe. Whose fucking souls are these then? Where is Cap and Doc's soul? If he he split up everybody else, he splits them up first and sent them back. He makes the yeah, copy? they split. They split on. They split everybody up. Like Iron Hammer was fine. You see Tony and Thor, and they're like, oh, that was weird. And like Emma and Wolverine yeah. were Diamond Patch, which is such a dumb fucking name. Although yeah. I did kind of like the character. <laughs> yeah. He like had to stab people with his claws before he could to read use their mind. Psychic card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he was like a self help guru. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was great for no reason at all. Yeah, and he loved Rose. And yeah, so, right, yeah. like, he was very sassy. So he shoots everybody's unsplit soul over here, and then the mix em ups that didn't like that, they get to go over here. But don't worry, don't worry, Cap. Don't worry, Doc. Your souls are fine. Yeah. for reasons. Yeah, Completely, I don't know. Completely, like, just no reasons. Right. Okay, then the new world is created. Yeah. Off panel. (laughs) They don't even show it. No. (laughs) Phyla and Moondragon just sort of like fall into into the scene. And they're like, oh yeah, we fell out of our reality. And we broke through what looked like the rainbow bridge and just sort of fell into the soul stone, I guess. I don't know. And now they get to go back to Earth 616. The black hole kills Devandra. Again, off panel. Also, it became a portal. Right? Drax and Duke split it up. Yeah. Warlock shoots respective souls in the proper portals. Drax and Duke Silver, though, they have to stay behind. Of course they do. Because the oldest fucking bullshit in the world. Just like the Cyclops and Krull. Yeah. You know, that was like holding the door for everybody. Yeah. Like, oh, H- Hodor. If, if I let go. Yeah. Hodor. All that shit. It's yep. the oldest, dumbest shit in the world. They have to Hodor those portals. They have to Hodor the portals. Yeah. So when they let go, the Soul Stone will be destroyed. I think. I don't even know at this no, fucking point. No, because... The stones are back. The corrupted world inside the the soul soul stone will be destroyed. Restored or reborn. The team shoots through space in a red gem, which I thought was the mind gem. I don't know. They changed the colors up. Yeah, I don't even fucking remember. But they all get in it like an escape bubble. And they shoot through space, crash in Egypt. The team immediately starts fighting again when they land because the stones are there. Right? They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because they're all like, fuck you, Gamora. You did all this. We're going to kill you. And Peter Quill is still like, but that wasn't this Gamora. I think it was. I don't think anything changed. No. Because she was not warped. No. She wasn't mixed up with anybody else. So I'm saying, yes, it was. Right. Peter Quill's like, no, it wasn't. And Gamora's quiet about the whole thing. And so Adam Warlock freezes time. Yeah. He uses the time gem, freezes time, takes all the stones. 
right. right? And he's like, ah, shit, it's starting again. Here we go. So he hugs him real close. He puts him in his butt. And he goes, I think I realize my purpose. Yeah. The soul stone gave me a soul. And now it's my job to turn them into the little UFOs from batteries not included. Soul with personalities. <laughs> right, yeah. And give them all little souls so they can defend themselves? I guess. And so he like... Blows souls into them, and they fly up in the air. And By the way, Adam Warlock can create souls out of thin air. Apparently. Restarts time. The team's like, what the hell's going on? He's like, now they have their own souls, and they can defend themselves, and they'll fly away. But I'm keeping the soul gem. Because yeah, like a slave. It's my buddy. And I yeah. love it. And then it goes, fuck you, and takes off. And he's like, oh. <laughs> and he, and he's yeah, sad. That's true. And Peter Quill's like, oh, man, sorry your rock broke up with you, dude. You know, whatever. And he's like, shut up, Peter. Peter. So then they fly away, and we get a view. Uh, and okay, also off panel. Apparently, Duke Silver didn't have to die. We sent him to Warp World. Well, yeah, he's. It's they were his, holding his both soul panels. Reborn. They were holding both panels. Yeah, they, they say por- that his, his tragic future was undone. So why does Duke have to die? Drax has to die, but Duke's like, I'm going through the hole. Fuck you. What's that know. about? I don't know. And why couldn't they both just be like, ha ha? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, Duke Silver goes to Warp World, which is a thing now, where Cap Doc is starting the Defenders. Yeah. Duke Silver's playing his sax, doesn't have a shirt on, his wife's dancing around. They're fucking happy, right? Yeah, happy ending there. Uh, we check in with Gamora, who is somewhere, because Adam Warlock sent her away. Right. He said, where they're like, where's Gamora? He's like, I sent her away. They're like, where? He's like, I don't know. Like, you don't know. Where He's she like, needed to be. Nope. I just wished that she would be where she needed to be, and she'd be in a better mood, basically. And hopefully she'll do good there. Sounds like a bad idea. Fingers crossed. Sounds like yeah, a bad you know, fucking I'm just idea. Gonna, I'm just going to assume everything will go well right. So she's somewhere else with a lot of sand. I don't know. She's like, she could be a mile away in Egypt. Yeah, Egypt. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's a cocoon there. Yeah. And she's like, damn it, Adam Warlock. Because of course she knows what happened. Well, she knows what the cocoon means. And she walks up. She kicks yeah. a cocoon. There's a little Adam Warlock in it. Yeah. He gets out. The Magus. And he's like, oh, hi, I'm Magus. Yeah. I don't know anything about this. Uh, so Magus is essentially Warlock's evil nature. Oh shit! We gotta start the live show. Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanos. Okay. Let's just wrap this up. So he's evil, Adam Warlock. Well, yes, historically, yes. So uh, they sent. So Warlock hoped for the best, sent her away, and she went and found evil Adam Warlock. Well, he's a kid, so maybe this is like. She's got a chance to make sure he oh, doesn't. Be. Look, it doesn't fucking matter. I don't understand anything that happened in this comic book. I, know. I read every issue. I know. I read all the tie-ins. Some of the tie-ins were actually pretty good. When it got down to the actual Infinity Warps, yeah, they were fun. They're they fun, were fun ideas. They were fun. Like amalgams yeah. are fun. They weren't bad. Um, the Sleepwalker miniseries was super good. It was really fun okay. and, and enjoyable. We'll finish this in a minute. But uh, let's just wrap up this segment real quick, okay. so we don't have to like try to jump into it. Uh, but overall, this event was meaningless. It was dumb. It. it it meant nothing. It was dumb. Nothing was accomplished. It it nothing happened. It either. claimed to set up all these things that who knows if we're even going to see them pay off. Right. Because Guardians better, of the Galaxy was relaunched by a different team. Better with a question. Different story. Who cares if this pays? I off? don't care. I certainly at do all. not. There's none. There's nothing here to like. You better tie that up for well, me. And there was this whole thing about Warlock giving the stole the stones souls. What but does that then even mean in the epilogue issue, which was Infinity Wars Infinity. Uh, they show uh, the guy, some guy, some death row prisoner in Texas gets the time stone. So it's still just a stone that he controls. 
Does it have a soul or doesn't it? Is he the soul? What is it? I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't matter. God, I don't care. This whole thing was completely pointless. Yeah, I could care less. I, I could really care less about this. Ultimately, nothing happened. The This was just like an extended end to the Guardians of the Galaxy story that Jerry Duggan was that Jerry Duggan was working on that was too long to begin with. Yeah. And I don't think he knew how to finish it. It again, like in true Marvel cosmic fashion, ends with basically a care bear stare. Right. Where we all you all think happy thoughts. It works. Marvel has <laughs> Marvel has such a hard on for the Infinity Stones because of the movies. Yeah. And they can't decide how they work. Nope. Uh, who they belong to, what they are, what they even are. Are they gems or are they stones? Like it, it, the rules keep changing and therefore everything is meaningless. Yeah. And there's a million of them, right? And they all do different shit. Yeah. Like, who cares? It's, this was a bad event. Yeah. It was a bad event was by a, creators that I generally enjoy. Yeah. It was a bad um, event. It was rudderless. It didn't end well. And hopefully it, it just, hopefully ambled on going forward in the Guardians and of the Galaxy. on and on. We can ignore on. this because we both liked the first issue of Guardians. It was great. Yeah. And they've got a Donny Cates is writing it now, and oh man, I can't wait for more of it. I hope they ignore the fuck out of this. Me too. I'm giving this a big old leave it. Leave it for me too. We read Infinity Wars, so you don't have to. You're welcome. But maybe we got it all wrong. Maybe Jerry Duggan's cosmic nuances and Mike Diodato's grainy art was lost on this two-headed dummy. <laughs> maybe you loved it. <sighs> Let us know how bad we are at this in the new. THN TLDR section of the THN forums because Brian Domingos isn't busy enough over there. Nope, he's been fighting off Russians recently. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, fuck everything up. God damn it. Excelsior! Oh. That is it for THN 516. Before we get out of here, Joe Patrick. Set up a new question of the week for these nerds, please. This week's question comes from James Kaplan. What is your favorite on-screen portrayal of a superhero character? Not necessarily what is the best performance. Rather, what performance closely, most closely approximates what you think the character should be? Is there an actor or actress that really seems to embody a particular hero or villain? Conversely, is there a character that no one seems to be able to get right? I'm going to focus on that second part because I'm an asshole. If you're new to the show and you want to punch your digital listening device until it stops making this goddamn noise, it's probably only because you haven't heard enough, okay? You'll get used to it, I promise. Good news, haters! You can hear the entire run of THN in our digital longbox archive at TwoHeadedNerd.com. But hosting that many episodes, it ain't cheap. So we want to thank donors like... Our latest patron, Young Hugo Tverdic. Young Hugo? Kid has money? I don't think that kid's old enough to have a credit card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, We might have to look into that one. You know what? I'm willing to look the other way if you are. Hey, before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to George Perez, legendary artist of books like The New Teen Titans, Justice League of America, Wonder Woman, and Avengers, who announced his retirement from comics this week due to ongoing health concerns. Where do you, Mr. Perez? I know you've been struggling with this stuff for a while. You are one of the greats. Do we know what he's struggling with? Uh, well, he's he's got diabetes, and so he's got a lot of diabetes-related uh. complications. Like, his eyes are oh, going awful. Oh, word to you, George. Love you, buddy. Until next time, true believers, remember to pre-order your comics, or your retailer might show up drunk to your retirement party and fuck everything up. This. And is- fuck everything. <laughs> and fuck everything. Period. This is a two-headed nerd. 
signing off! <laughs>